1: Hello Egg Chasers, and a very happy Christmas first off, whether you're listening to this before Christmas or after. We are currently sat in the Rugby Dungeon on the 23rd of December. Mm
2: -hmm. Cheers, gents. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Pleasure as always. That is the sound of festive whiskey sours.
0: Yes.
1: So, yeah, we always like to make sure there's a podcast in your feed every single Monday morning, and we have been doing that for over eight seasons now, into our ninth season. Isn't that mad?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. That it is, that is, is
0: ridiculous, considering we, the first one was recorded on, well, directly above our heads actually, JB on your kitchen table. It was actually. And yeah, then we did. spent a, a few years at XFM Studios, multi-million pound yeah. studios. Yeah. We really thought we were going places then, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and now we're back beneath your kitchen table yeah, in, the actually, yeah, in the basement, in the dungeon. room.: never, <laughs>
2: never been lower. But it just shows, doesn't it? I, I always say it's so much more important to be first and regular rather than be talented. yeah
0: or any good at all
2: yes exactly 100 (laughs) percent.
1: so uh, this obviously this podcast is being recorded before any rugby over the christmas weekend has happened um, but we are always there with an episode waiting for you every single monday morning whether that is december the 27th or whether you're listening to this at some point over the over the christmas period itself um whatever the case thank you so much for your support for listening for hitting subscribe in your feed for following on Twitter, for sending us emails at contacteggchasers mm. at gmail dot com, really appreciate it. And also, what we thought we would do is give you a, show you how the sausage is made, let you peek behind the curtain of some of the extra content that we do at Patreon dot com forward slash Egg Chasers, where we do extra podcasts.
2: Mm. Sometimes I post the odd article.
0: Yeah, an insight into your um, your uh, journalist career, I'd say.
2: I would say the insight into my. Um, twisted mind on rugby. <laughs> a yeah. great
0: a great mind on rugby, definitely.
2: There you go, pull that a mind. A different a different mind. Yes. Exactly. A, a mind a thinking mind. about
0: rugby consistently.
2: A marginally sentient mind on rugby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and to our patrons, thank you very very
1: much uh, for your support as well. Um and that's one way you can show your appreciation for the pod. If you appreciate it there for you every single Monday morning. Uh, but this is some, some the extra things we do. We've got a stack of rugby journals, which is a fantastic quarterly quality rugby magazine which we, we're not getting
2: anything for saying so. We it, should do, though, shouldn't we? I, we? I thought about this. It is just objectively a very good read. Uh, this month's or this quarter's is awesome. It's, it's genuinely awesome. So, uh, on the Patreon e- episodes, we just pick a topic or even a word from the Ruby Journal because they're here. Which, and we which talk we about it for half an hour. Randomly land on a page. Now, for today we have not picked it at random. We've taken the three of the stories in there, which we just think are. Awesome. You could have just made it up and pretended that we did. Yeah, but (laughs) But this this is how honest we are. But it's worth talking about because they've got three topics which I, in particular, really like talking about. Um, The pitfalls of local club rugby, which is what we'll be talking about. Um, Bristol Bears and Pat Lamb which I love <laughs> One of your favorite, yeah. but is plenty it, is, of time has been dedicated to that. Oh yeah. yeah, Do you do you
0: prefer that or Bath and Stuart Hooper? That's
2: a, well, Stuart Hooper's old news now, isn't it? I'm fully focused on. Uh, well, I'm on, going to be on, on Bristol.
1: I'm going to be speaking to Stuart, Lo- uh, Stuart Hooper on Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. And in the pre match chat, um, I'm I'm making sure that he gets the heads up. That normally you you just talk about the game, and then you tell the directors of rugby if you want to ask them questions outside of the game, and uh, you know it's already been flagged up we're going to ask you about you going to ask you about ah, Ed Griffith.
2: Do you have to do that? I didn't know that. I thought you'd ask whatever you wanted. I think it's I it's think it's just c- the polite the courteous cur- thing. Yeah. yeah, so you don't whatever.
1: catch anyone off the hoof and also, you know, the reason the pre-match interviews are there are mainly to preview the game. So yeah, it's just That's fair enough, isn't it? Polite to ask it, uh, if it's you're just to let them know it's going to be questions about other stuff, so.
2: Um, <laughs> now oh and the last uh, the last article in there which I loved and you'll love it as well is about Spanish rugby because of course we've been Spain mm. enthusiasts for quite some time now yeah. so three amazing topics that, that tier two
1: tour Madrid, Spain yeah. v Portugal is looking like the best option is, of the three it? so watch this space
0: and it is there were, we can't mention Spain rugby without mentioning the tragic news this week oh, of cool? course. Uh, Karol Uma yeah. who died in Amsterdam I've not last, heard this. last weekend
2: I've, I've, I've so, li- this, this, this is the first that I've heard of it
0: so, yeah, Spanish Spanish rugby player. Um, don't know the full details, but there was an incident post game, and oh, he God. tragically died. Thirty-two-year-old Kiwi-born Spanish rugby player. Oh, yeah, awful, awful news and thoughts with all anyone involved in Spain rugby. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Mm. Mm. really is. I'll, no. dr-
0: I'll drink to that. Cheers. Yeah.
1: Now it's a very nice drink, JB. Uh, it's it's better than the lovely. last ones. I've Phil made and some I have brought horrendous. Phil's got a bag with drink in it, and I have a bag with drink in it Excellent.
0: as well. Shall well, we crack one of those now before we get into our yeah, do it. subject? So, yeah, do you yeah. want to go, JB, do you want to go for Tim's bag or Phil's bag? Tim's bag. Tim's okay. bag. Here well,
1: we go. Well, I've got. Um, go on, I, be calling. I'll tell you what, be calling. I'm going to uh, right. Okay, so I'm going to number <laughs> these one, two, and three. One, two, three. Um, near, uh, furthest from me to nearest to me, and you and um, pick a number. One. The reason I say this is because one of them I think is a very, like, quite a nice tipple, and I tried to find two disgusting ones.
2: Yes. Oh. Uh,
1: JB, I think you've got the one that actually sounds quite nice. Well, I think. You, why don't the we more just, the sorry? Why don't we just equally share them? Well, we let's. As...
0: We could do. That. We're definitely going to do that with with my right. beers because they're uh, mine just are four delicious that, ones. It? So let's you've go. Got
1: a more brewery I, distortion I think IPA. Just have a third each.
0: Distortion okay. IPA. Ah, I'll do that.
1: Phil, two or three. Uh, two or three.
0: Uh, okay. Two, please.
1: Uh, to yours is uh, it's a Czech dry stout.
0: Ooh, I do. I'm getting more. I
1: quite like the stouts now. So
0: I'm I'm getting into my big stouts, which you may well see if we get to the final content of my bike. drink, isn't it? Some of them, yeah. Some of them, uh, imperial pastry stouts are one of my favorites. Do you know what
2: though? The more people consume these drinks, so like, you know Think about Lager for the longest time it tasted pretty rubbish. They want Guinness along the side. It tasted pretty rubbish. And it has tasted rubbish for the best part, well, of its entire existence. And then, as soon as it starts to become mainstream, it all sort of reverts back to a sort of childish mean. So, I was in a beer shop today and one of the beers was like Rice crispy Cake. Or, or, oh, or yeah. And, but that's what they do. They, sort well, of, they you know, It goes more and more sweet and more and more palatable well, on that, it's all the same. This was the one I was hoping not
1: to get. You've left me with a Rascal's Brewing Company Milkshake Stout oh, Brewed God.
0: with coconut Vanilla and chocolate That yeah. sounds
2: fantastic That, that, that sounds a awesome That would that, that, be nice uh, Now
0: Now you say nice Now So I've got a Big stout In my bag over there Spoiler alert it's sitting at twelve and a half percent. That's
2: delicious. Yeah, this
0: is this is this is, not, this this is, is four point six percent. So I'm I'm guessing this is you know, not kids quite. Kids can have that. Yeah, that, <laughs> exactly. that is. It's like small beer, table beer.
2: Exactly. Um, now <laughs> I, I do. Have a bottle uh, opener, Phil. Are we allowed to Ooh. talk about any current news? Because there's one thing I'd like to go on, while while we're in. just cracking these drinks. Yeah. Go. On. Did anyone uh, maybe the biggest pas since? Um, <laughs> uh, what was the excerpt... Uh, Mascot called Tom O'Toole? Tom O'Toole. Tom O'Toole. Tom O'Toole. Oh, oh, o- oh. T- who's Tom O'Toole? Is a person? To- Tom
0: O'Toole, T- from uh, Tom O'Toole is also Ulster tighthead prop. Yes, oh, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, yeah, and,
2: and, there's,
1: and there's a, there's a, a local painter-decorator fellow who's a Ooh. nice guy called Tom O'Toole. Oh, Tom O'Toole, yeah. Okay. Could be the
0: same look. It, Might be. Yeah, Moonlighting as a Chalton South Manchester painter and decorator.
2: So, did anyone... Now, there are errors of judgement, and there are errors of judgement, and not even I would have done this. Paddy okay Jackson reviewing the film Love Actually... I, what were they thinking, exactly? I did. I
0: did. Oh, I, don't,
2: I didn't see Have this. Have you not seen this? No!
0: So there's a L- L- London Irish... This on Twitter? Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, no, I
2: don't know Twitter. They, they put a video... London <laughs> Irish put a video on Twitter of Paddy Jackson previewing Love Island... Uh, Love, 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 <laughs> Love, Love Actually. Actual. I, so, I don't know which one would be worse, actually. <laughs> so they did. It was an
0: advert for the game against Bath, isn't it, this weekend, where... Uh, or next weekend. Or next, yeah. Well, next yeah, game. the next home game, where it was... To, it was replicating the scene where i've not seen love actually for 20 oh, years with the placards yes oh, no. with the boards outside knock on the door boyfriend on the couch oh, no. girl comes to the door paddy jackson being the girl who comes to the is it Kieran knightley yeah who knows uh, oh God. I was, what, i've never actually
1: seen it but i know the scene yeah, yeah ev- everyone yeah, the, everyone the knows is. the scene so
2: am i uh, we're good friends but I just happen to fall in love with your wife on Christmas Day. <laughs> uh, and then I knock on your door and I tell her, via because I'm a dickhead. I mean, that is yeah. an absolute play of a dickhead.
0: But in this, Paddy Jackson is playing Tim's wife. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right.
2: But it's, it's kind of like, who was the West Bromwich striker? Uh, Lee, Lee Hughes, do you remember him? Yeah, oh, bald head. Yeah, it's kind of like having him do a driving safety video for West <laughs> for West Brom. It's just ridiculous. It was, it's such, uh, a la- such an such error uh, of judgment. Uh, <laughs> there's no other word for yeah. it. <laughs> Love actually. <laughs>
0: anyway,
1: anyway, yes. Um, Ar- Aaron Smith doing a um, <laughs> toilet etiquette yeah, exactly. <laughs> video. Oh dear! I want to try this milkshake style.
0: Ooh, good old milkshake style.
2: So have you both read the article in the uh, um,
1: Rib Journal? You sent quite a blurry picture.
0: So I've I've read uh I've read what I could. Yes, exactly. And I've I've got a copy in front of me here.
1: But that's fine. Just tell us the gist. So this is a story from the Rugby Journal. We don't know where the conversation is going to take us. This is what we do on the patrons podcast. Sometimes it's just a word, sometimes it's a headline, sometimes it's a story, and we'll just um We haven't planned it. We don't. We just. We know where we're starting. We don't know where we're where we're finishing. I feel usually ends in Sam Burgess. Yes. Yes.
0: If we get to Sam Burgess or Stuart Lancaster, then then we end the episode. How do you
1: say the name of the team? Old, old Eltamians.
0: Ah, Eltamians. So do you actually know this? Because I'd I'd go for El Elthamians. I know El Thamians
1: or Eltamians? Yes. Well, because I was just thinking the place in Oxfordshire is called Tame. It has the H's. Simon. Okay, so it might be, I don't know, I don't know.
2: So it's basically stories that, uh, uh, as old as uh, as old as time, which is a small club wants to become a big club. They spend a lot of someone else's money, and then all of a sudden the money runs out. You've hollowed out your club, and next thing you know, you've got no first team or second team or third team or fourth team.
1: And to be clear, this isn't a historic story. This is a story that's unfolding right now. Yes, pretty pretty, so pretty much earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. Old El Tamians.
0: Oh no. You, so March twenty nine, March twenty nineteen. So it may part. as well have been yeah. because
2: we only got restart rugby, and, rugby and whatnot.
0: Yeah. So between twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen, Cobus uh, Paulson, who, so he had been pumping money into the club, helping them to get better players, uh, see them rise up the leads to national one. They played against Amptil in March twenty nineteen, and then in December twenty nineteen. So. Kobus Paulson both ran into financial trouble, and then suddenly died of a heart attack.
2: Ooh, linked?
0: Um, well, imagine the stress of financial yeah. trouble when you're obviously a successful businessman, and are supporting a rugby club, um, and then everything falls apart. Effectively, wow! Which is where you link back to a story as old as time, because this is this is not alone in. If you look at the history of rugby clubs. Some rugby clubs that the three of us know pretty well. Um, we've seen this multiple times since the dawn of professionalism 25, 26 years ago.
2: I will never understand it as long as I live for why teams do this to themselves. So I understand why Mr Polson might want it to have given back to his community. I understand why he might want to give back to his rugby club. Because you know, it's his rugby club and people do these things. But I just think spending any money on players whatsoever is such a retrograde move. We saw it in Manchester... We've seen it at Oral. Uh, Oral's different, actually. Um, well, well, Oral's, Oral's, Oral's more
0: Oral. similar to this, I think. Oral's no, more
2: similar
1: to that cause it went back down to the start of the pyramid and has worked its way back up. Um, the, the one that springs to mind straight did away...
2: A, did it a noble way? I thought Manchester's way no. is more noble.
1: Get on to Manchester in a minute. I was yeah, going to sure. say, the one that springs to mind straight away because the club no longer exists is Otley.
2: Otley do exist.
1: Otley do exist. What's, what's the one that... Um... Oh, no, no, no. Olly no, no, of no the... there's one that begins with W that doesn't exist. Wakefield? Wakefield. 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 Wakefield did that's it in the, the late nineties. Yes, right. Wakefield yeah. were one of the first ones to go bust, and they don't exist as a rugby club anymore. Yeah, I believe
0: Wake, Wakefield. Yeah, they may exist in some form, but it's certainly a different entity to the club that was in the in the late nineties.
2: Well, yeah, I played second team against Halifax. I played for Huddersfield against Halifax, and that's another team which were high flying at one point up there, playing well, playing against Sedgley, I'd, I'd guess, back in the day.
0: Probably there was probably a period of time in the 90s where they were higher than essentially. Yeah. So the two
1: clubs I, the main two clubs I played for both experienced this in different ways. Newbury, Mm. um, I was coming through into the first team and out of Colts, uh, it was my junior team, I was there from six. Anyway, as I was coming through into the first team, Vodafone were in town. I remember when Vodafone was one shop on Newbury High Street. Yeah. And then it, obviously it's got this big it's the headquarters for a massive global corporation. And um, basically anyone who grew up in Newbury either moves out because it's not very fun or they work for Vodafone. That's pretty much it. And Vodafone was was sponsoring Newbury Rugby Club. They pulled the money and then that was it. It went. The, the Vodafone money went. So professional when, rugby went. When was that for Newbury?
0: Because I, I remember playing Newbury in... Oh, I want to can... say 2009 when they were still a uh, 2009 maybe yeah. 2010. I they think got it was they actually, to the championship. Yeah, yeah. So that, well, that, that was in that was the season that Exeter went up to the Premiership. Yeah, and I, I, and one of the reasons I remember it was because uh, we beat Newbury twice that year. We beat them in the last minute with two last minute tries at home, um, and then we beat them away at the last game of the season at Newbury, and it was it was um so th- that year there were 16 teams in national 1 and it was going to 12 teams in the championship so there was five getting relegated and one from the t- team below uh, division below getting promoted and sedgley and newbury were both already down alongside i think that was the year that manchester had got up to the championship and then completely imploded uh and who else was it might have been otley it might have been uh perthams bees birmingham solihull might have been mosley one of those teams anyway um the last five places where you finished off the bottom determined how much how big a parachute payment you got so last place got 10 grand next place got 15 grand next place got 20 grand and so on and so forth and the last game of the season Sedgley versus newbury away at newbury it was to see who finished fourth from bottom and fifth from bottom so there was an extra 5 or 10 grand wow. on the line for <laughs> that. Did your chairman for that game offer you something for the win. So the chairman uh, Oh, okay. Dave Smith.
2: Is he still chairman now?
0: Yeah. Yeah, um top bloke Dave Smith. Um HH Smith building company in North Manchester. He's
2: probably paid for many of your nights out. He's paid for a
0: few, but he he basically said to the team, "Win this and I'll put 2 grand in the kitty for the for yes. the nights out." And we were staying uh, somewhere on the outskirts of London that night and then we went to the church on the Sunday with an extra two grand in the kitty because oh, we won the lovely. game. We won the Imagine. game. Oh, it was amazing. awesome.
2: I've told you a story loads loads of times. It's amazing how far our two grand will go. Um, so in Broughton Park, when we did, did our tours, we only did them once every two years. So every single weekend was about raising money for the tours, and we do it in these tiny increments by playing the 20 pence game, which is flicking 20 peas at a oh. bottle of wine over the course of five minutes, and the twenty pence which is closer to the bottle of wine, closer to the bottle of wine after, um, after ten minutes or fifteen minutes or whatever the time frame is, gets the bottle of wine. So we're there checking out you know, ten pounds worth of twenty pence as a two pound bottle of wine. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. But this happened over and over and over Good again. Good fundraising
1: for the club. Great idea.
2: Well, it's not really for the club, is it? As it's such, for y- you boys. Yeah. So what happened to this kitty? is it got to about a grand and a half, but no one was allowed to touch it. Sacrosanct. No one could touch yeah. it. It lived in this, in, in this envelope, and it was only unleashed because we went on tour on a bank holiday. So we had the Friday, the Saturday, we'd come home on the Sunday, and then only on the Sunday afternoon, on the way back home from tour, wow. were you allowed the kitty. Oh, wow. So you'd pull into this, this, this country pub somewhere. And, uh, you know, if you've never been on Broughton Pot at all before, you would have no idea what was going on. And if someone's just, you know, yeah, just going get yourself a, a beer. And like, who's oh, like, what? Just going back. Yeah, so you get, get a beer. Everyone's got a beer. And like, well, we've still got a grand in the kitty to go. Next thing you know, it's uh, vodka Red Bulls and it's Jaeger bombs. And everyone's trying to get all this kitty drank in the space of about 90 minutes. <laughs> and before you know it, you know, everyone's then like, OK, back to Manchester.
1: Straight yeah. out. Straight out. It's oh, a great oh, that, that ensures that you keep the energy in a tour going right through to the finish oh, line. Oh, yeah.
2: Some of the, the states of some of the lads on the third day of a rugby tour, and then you get the kitty. So love it.
1: <laughs> uh, just an interesting one on Newbury, and, and in this whole point of clubs going bust and stuff. Uh, it, whilst Newbury still had the Vodafone money, I think they're sort of at level six or level seven now. Yeah. So they went down. They've they've sort of settled at their level. Um, great club. Mm. But whilst they were still at National 1 Championship level, someone quite smart started a, an, another team, Newbury Blues, an, an amateur team, so a completely amateur team, and they started going up through the leagues. I think someone thought, well, we could always have it as a as kind of a, a second... A, it could be a second team, it could be another team, but if we have to just blow up yeah. semi-pro wow. rugby, we'll, we could rather than having to drop right down or get pumped 200 nil, we could have a team that's operating at a good amateur level.
2: So that's
0: like, that, uh, sorry, that, that's like the FC United to yes. new, new Ooh, Yeah, 100%. Oh, so
2: FC United is for disgruntled fans. Yeah. The one that I'm thinking of is London Welsh operating a dual structure of saying, look, we've got the professional side, but we're also hiving off this amateur side. In my, way, in my mind, they were kind of having it both ways, which is, yeah, we'll compete up here. Now, when the professional side went bump, they still have this amateur side playing it. Like, I'm sure the English Pyramid might go down to something like level 12 or something. I think you can go really, really low.
0: Certainly in, in the southeast. Yeah. Like London southeast, just because there's such an enormous population down there, it goes fairly deep.
2: It, it does. And they've started to come back up now. So my question would be because this club is run by um, people pro- primarily in the city with a lot of wealth, mm. attracting other wealthy people in. And because of the nature of the crowd that they get in, I'd say they're pretty competitive. And I wonder if the success that the amateur side are, are having, will they need to re-establish another amateur team below their amateur <laughs> team as they come up? Because they're not going to stay on there forever.
0: Well, so that, that um, trajectory up reminds me of both London Scottish, which Tim, obviously, you know fairly well through your brother, um, but also Richmond, who mm. both in...
1: Who I now know through my brother. He's there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course,
0: strong links to uh West Lo- West London. Yeah. Um because both of those, around ninety-eight ninety nine, yeah, both went into administration. Similar so it might have been the same year, it might have been a year after Richmond one. Richmond
1: got the checkbook out, got Scott Quinnell, yeah, was I it remember. Craig Quinnell? Or, no, it was Scott. Scott, it was Scott Quinnell and Ben Clark, who's the England yeah. number eight. He was they got him from Bath. They got all these big they they chucked the money at it and then um,
0: and then it yeah, it fell apart. They both unlike Manchester, they both had to start from the bottom of the hierarchy and then I I played against both of them on, on a few occasions actually as they were going up the league back up the leagues, back to where they probably have both sat for a few years at kind of tier two, tier three.
2: Yeah, it's interesting you say before that Newbury are at level six now. So, it's
1: roughly there. I don't know exactly.
2: Yeah, level six, level five, something like that. So I don't think people appreciate this, what a high standard yeah, it's good. level six, seven or six is. Because in terms of complete amateur rugby, I think that's a high... I mean, there are a few exceptions. Like I think you get to like Anik and some um, someone say like Wharfdale where they're, they're not paying... But just the quality of play that they have available to them means they can get to level five or level four, something like something like that. Well, were f-
0: I, I assume they did pay, but for years and years and years, they were always, and I want to say level three. I want to say what was formerly National Two and then became yeah. National One for yeah. the last ten plus years. They were there for an enormous yeah, they period were for of years time, and, years. and they they probably didn't pay for all that period. But I'm certain that. I played I against him. I they
2: didn't pay, but I could be wrong. I, c- I mean, I, just, I I'm can't sure believe everybody pays when you get to that level. Yeah, and, it, and, and even, I mean,
0: even if it's even if it's a few quid here and there,
2: well, for travel, yeah, yeah, as, as
0: formally e- expenses. Because I think I only ever formally got paid expenses. I did you? I think so. Not, not, uh, not so in the inquiry,
2: Newbury. Not. It
1: was a, uh, and this is going back to, and again, different players had different deals. But I think I was, I was obviously on the bog standard squad member. So if you were a bog standard squad member it was 25 quid for training. What? Each training session. Never, each I Thursday. never ever got paid for training. for training. 25 quid for training. 25 quid for So yeah. that's that was, that was like 50 quid a week. Yeah. 50 quid appearance. Yeah. So it's 100 quid a week. And then I think it was, a, it was, it was a, instead of 50, it was 100 quid if you won. As long as you played sixty minutes, as long as you played more than twenty minutes. Oh, so quite often me, I was, I was the utility player on the bench who came on after sixty-one
0: minutes. Let yeah. me tell you, let me, it's like <laughs> fantasy football when a, if your player comes off after fifty-nine minutes. Let yeah, me you're tell you why fuming. I
2: don't like um, Luke Oscott. Uh, so is it Luke or Tom who was at sale?
1: Uh, Tom.
2: Let me tell you why I don't like Tom Oscott. <laughs> so Tom, so Tom Brady. Was about to get a bonus, right? So he was uh, playing on the wing just, out, just out, the, out of the academy, and his deal was structured in such a way it's like he'll earn so much to hear, and then if he gets an extra appearance, um, then he gets like a five grand bonus or a ten grand bonus or some such thing. Uh, so he, he tells Oscott oh, this, and Oscott goes, Yeah, yeah sound. Um, I'll, pu- I'll pull a hamstring, you know, 70 minutes in. So it's all sorted out, and Brady's wandering up and down the sideline going, you coming off? You coming off? And oh, you didn't come off. Oh, what a last game of the season didn't come off. Didn't, oh. didn't, it was Brady was sat on the bench, and I'm pretty certain um, people may well have known the incentive structure. <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you another one. Oh, that's going to sting. I'll, I'll tell you uh, um, another one too. Um, I knew. <laughs> so do you, do
0: you think? Do you think management nobbled our Scott to say Brady's going to get? x thousand pounds if you come off but we'll give you y thousand pounds oh. y being x over 2
2: it would not surprise me it would not surprise me um something happened i don't know uh, but he sorted up Brady and, you know, <laughs> so therefore never like him um, the other one uh, was saracens so one of our coaches at toc h was a former saracens loosehead prop and you wouldn't guess now because he's just in phenomenal shape as, shape as a PT. But back in the day, was he a loose head or a tight head? on? if David Flatman's a loose head, he must have been a tight head. Must have mm. been. But he said that they would get, like, he would come in to the, to the squad and then he'd play five, five games. And on the sixth game, he might be due you know, a big pay bump. And that's when they got rid of the other prop and then they bought the next guy in. So, Saracens for a while had a couple of guys who were on mega money. And then we're bringing bringing lads in and going, no, you've had your five games, we'll get the next guy. And just carrying on uh, rotating between all of these different lads so you don't have to pay them the bonus. Ah,
0: Amazing way, if you incentivise people correctly, amazing way to get the maximum performance out of them. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Incentives are, (laughs) it's the way to do things.
2: Yeah, but on the other hand...
0: If the incentives can be manipulated.
1: Oh, the the, the, the Newbury incentive for me was, I was at university and I had a Newbury Rugby Club branded car, which which did awesome. you? was great. That's oh, awesome. That, that, Newbury perks sound amazing. Do you know what, like, was, I, I, as I say, it was a Vodafone cash. They couldn't mm. sustain, it was at a level they could not sustain. Mm. And because it was close to Oxford, they used to get loads of the Oxford University players. I yeah. wish
2: I knew things about rugby that I, that I know now in, in university. Just, just the ability to earn. It never occurred to me someone would ever pay me to to play rugby. Actually, probably then they wouldn't. Um, <laughs> but still, well, well, I used to. So because I was at uh, I was at Bath Uni,
1: and uh, I, I I was I was in Newbury's Good Books because I got um, Rob Higgett, and I got a few lads, but he, one of them played a Bath rugby was Rob Higgett, who written went, legend went on to written legend went on to play for Scarlets and Bristol, Bristol. and uh, yeah, he he used to come down as well.
0: Yeah. So, so one of the clubs we've we kind of mentioned and said we come back to it is Manchester. Yes. So you so that was the Man- new one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Vodafone pulled the money. Newbury couldn't sustain it, but they they already had this idea of having an amateur club coming through the level. So I think they might have amalgamated the two teams again. Anyway, that's so, that. Manchester. Um, that was not. That, that was just the management of the club. One of the. I think they're proud to say, like like the. One of the oldest rugby clubs in the mm. country, although there's yeah. about a hundred different clubs that say that.
2: Yeah, I think well, did Blackheath say that? Blackheath. Black well, Black is, known is as the the club. The club. I, I think Preston have got a claim to it, or something. Man, uh, Manchester
0: certainly very old. Not um, not in Manchester, old. but
2: yeah. By the way, they're not in Manchester. They are Giedel. the best club in Stockport. Yeah. yeah, as, as Except for Stockport. Stockport in the tables. So yeah. Stockport are the best club in Stockport at yeah. the moment. Best I'm, club in Cheadle. Yeah, yeah. as, yeah. as yeah. Phil said,
1: 100%. they got to the championship. My brother was playing for them when they were in the championship. Um when they were in national one. I I, I played for them. And then they just decided actually we're not going to run a semi professional team. They just changed it mid season, told the coach <laughs> he was no longer required. Amazing. I think he's a pressing no, grasshopper now he just has just been for to years. Be
2: clear. You were actually in the change room when this happened, weren't you? Yeah,
1: we, we, yeah, when, when uh when Dave Baldwin, the coach, went on and j- he just came and said, lads, um, plug's been pulled. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, here, I'm not here anymore. So where did Dave Baldwin go? He, I think he went on to Preston Grasshoppers. Did he go, did he go to Wharfdale for a bit? Honestly? He might have done. Or, I, think, I think he
0: coached England A at one point. for a bit. He, he went somewhere England, in England Yorkshire, West Yorkshire for so a bit.
2: I've been offered money to coach, right? And I've been offered money to play. Uh, only because of the profile of the club. That's just what they do. I would never accept money to play this game, because it changes the thing which you do as a hobby into something which you actually have to do. I, it's a different dynamic then. Well,
1: now, well, not if it's pocket money. Like the yeah. Newbury was my hometown club, and I always yeah. uh, and so I, came I came through. And Manchester, I moved. Different. I moved to Manchester, and it was like my, my brother had played there. Uh, I'll go to Manchester... If you go in the there RFU... Like, oh, there you go, there's a few quid for yeah. doing what you would have done anyway. If you
2: go in the RFU club finder, like I did, end up at Broughton Park, and it just happens to be that you get, fit, like, 50 quid a game, so be it. I mean, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Same as you, like, you came through at Sedgley. Yeah. it just is what... Yeah, like, yeah, what you I just kind of fluked it to, to be able to play first team at yeah. Sedgley for a few years. But, like, if you... If you actively go hunting for the money... So what I mean by that is, like, Dave Baldwin... Pop his head and said, sorry lads, I'm not here. I just say, well, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll carry on doing the rest of the season because I love doing this thing which I'm doing. I would to say this is exclusively tied to you paying me. Now, it is different if you're a professional coach. It is very different, I, I get that. But most of these teams are still semi-pro. I guess the coach is doing something else with, it, with, with his uh, day job.
0: They, they will be, yeah. The coaches will ne- not be full-time at certainly not those clubs.
1: Yeah, so the plug got pulled mid-season and the the squad just was instantly decimated. A few lads hung around for a so bit.
2: So 10% of the squad died? Yeah. <laughs> that, it's, only, it's only 10%, remember?
1: Yeah. <coughs> so the, the squad was not literally decimated, <laughs> metaphorically <laughs> decimated. And lads who had got, become accustomed to being able to earn a little bit of pocket money for their time. And also I think it's relevant that Manchester is a you know a, a, a big city. If you're in Wharfdale, there's not a lot of clubs at that no, level around there you'd have to travel quite a distance whereas in Manchester you could go down the road to Sedgley where Phil yeah, was That you picked up a few of the Manchester boys straight away
0: we picked up at least five or six yeah. of Incredible. the best so we picked up Wainers we picked up uh, Brompat legend Flinney. Yeah. Yeah. we picked up Oxo who was Sedgley uh, former uh, Newcastle Sale and Plymouth Albion JB your, your team I'll, I'll Ox- talk,
2: talk about them shortly
0: Oxo um, great lad um, and a few others. i uh, try to think. Yeah. A few of the boys. But we picked yeah. up half a dozen.
1: But then a few of them went on to Macclesfield, who were in yeah. National 1. Just down um, the road. A few of them went on to Stockport, or wherever it was. Mm. So, but basically... Coley, the,
0: Fylde, like, the clubs in the area. Basically,
1: the only people that hung around were people that had real connection to Manchester Rugby Club. Yeah. Which is, I think, the point when you're talking about sustainability at, at these lower levels... When the money goes, the players go. And the players that will stick around do it because they love that
2: club. Yeah, so I think Broughton Park had a very close shave with this sort of behaviour. They sold their their original uh, field, and they moved across the road to where they are now. And in doing so, they sold it to a housing developer got a load of money. And then some bright spot decided, right, we're going to invest this money on new players. So I joined Broughton Park at the back end of a season i still at these players like these are some of the best players I've I've ever been around. I mean, they were absolutely awesome. They were coached by Ben Foden's dad. Ben Foden's brother Tom Foden was flinging the ball around like nothing you've ever seen. We had a centre called Tom Mapp. We had this other guy called Bodge, who's just th- these guys were. Un- we had a guy who's ex rugby league and still coaches now called Simon Vavickers. You just had. I all- played with him at Manchester. Oh mate, th- yeah. th- these guys are unbelievable. And then the club dinner of that very year, she was like, "Well, where are all the guys have been training with for the last five weeks? Oh, they've all left." And it was just <laughs> like that. Brawnport said, "Yeah, we don't want any more of this. We're we not going to spend that money." And I think in hindsight, they'll have been proven right because they've gone up and down between seven, you know, level six, and level seven.
1: Everyone but, finds their level when yeah. you t- when you take the money away. The money can distort the picture. Um, mm. Oh, completely. And so, so it's a. I mean, going back to old Altamia is where this started. I mean, if I was Cobus, what's his name?
0: Uh, Corbus, paulson paulson Corbus, paulson.
1: Corbus paulson if i was a, was a local guy loved that club and earned a load of money well the question uh, if is, I want to invest my money in it that, that that's that 's a good thing but i I guess the story of old old Altamians is is they could
0: have gone the way of Wakefield. and and then you come back to if you want to so do you want short term success or do you want to build a long term club environment yeah. and it, and then it's right, do you invest in players who will only ever be short term because e- if you get 10 years out of a player in that environment, you're doing incredibly well. Mm. Or do you invest in facilities, clubhouse, gym, weight sections, 4G pitches, all of that stuff that can be used for long-term benefit yeah. of the players, but also long-term revenue generation. If you create a, a function room that can have long-term revenue generation for the club, that is by far the best thing you can exactly. invest in. Uh,
2: exactly. Yeah, it depends what you want to do with your money. Uh, and I can see how it happens. I mean, I've seen this in real life where, you know, you have a player who's come to you, you really want to keep him, and the old boys have a little whip round to make sure that, you know... He's he is looked after because maybe his job's not going the right way or you know sort of thing I've, I've you, seen you, that you buy
0: his image rights for £900,000 exactly
2: right exactly. He's poor lad I could, you know, yeah he's
0: poor lad I
2: couldn't believe it you buy him, buy him all a house some South African farmland because they need an alternative to rugby once they retire I've, yeah I've,
0: I've been there we've all been there
1: <laughs> so if you were suddenly plonked into if money wasn't an object and you were suddenly plonked into a I don't know let's say a level 6 rugby club let's say someone went you could just buy the land, buy
2: TOC-H, there it is. What would you do with it? What would you do? Keep it exact, exactly as it is. Uh, maybe buy the team some Blazers. Uh, Blue and yellow striped? Uh, um, black, black and amber. Thank black you. and amber, black sorry. And amber. Oh, sorry, black and amber, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, black and amber striped the Blazers. Pretty much keep it as it is, because I think that's, you know, the, I think the secret to having a good amateur club is well, I'll, I'll go a different way around.
1: Maybe go artificial pitch, so you're, the drainage isn't so Well,
2: so, so the floodplain. Do you know what the artificial pitch that we do use? I think is a single biggest driver to why we're doing well, because every mm. Tuesday we have an artificial pitch, and from eight o'clock till ten o'clock, that is ours, and it just means that we can train at a really, high, really, really high standard under good lights. So no one gets them ready. We're there. We, we yeah. do what we need to do and go. That is, I'm sure that is a number one thing, and it means that the coaches can actually impart what they want to do on the players, and they can actually go and do it. That is by yeah. You know, I, I Actually, do you know, if there is one thing I'd say, it is get a get a plastic pitch uh, as
0: say, a training pitch. Yeah, yeah. Play well, Potentially to it. play on, but maybe for not. Yeah. yeah, get get a, a one that is a good enough standard to play on for but, emergencies. You know, yeah, in the
2: winter, go on, go on a plastic pitch. You don't have to do it every week, but I tell you what, it makes a hell of a difference. Because uh, for,
0: for someone who play who trained for years on the back pitches at Sedgley which were horrible. It's exposed, it's open to the elements, and the driving rain fa- facing west, so you get the driving yeah. rain across it.
1: Yeah, when you do that, the smell of your car.
0: Oh. It,
1: <laughs> in the rugby season. In, it, in, like, October to February, the smell of your car.
2: And do you know what, as, as well? Nobody likes being on training pitches. Nobody. Because the
0: floodlights are not the right quality. The, the floodlights are like this amber, like, yeah. like faded Ooh. amber, Yeah.
2: Is this, is horrible? And, uh, do that never makes sense to me why do all of the
0: life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs learn more at uh1.com You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: First team pitches have floodlights when they play at three o'clock. Surely all of the training fields should have the floodlights.
0: The amazing floodlights. Yeah,
2: that's where they should be. A million,
0: a million looks floodlights.
2: So what I was going to say about um, building an amateur club. A good friend of mine played at rugby, rugby lines. And he, I remember. Him, uh, uh, there's this is an interesting yeah. story. How yeah. did we not think of that? Exactly. I forgot
1: about rugby. Bloody I mean, that, there was some scandal and uh, yeah. salacious stuff going on there. Uh, Neil there? Back
2: will never talk about that ever again. No, he says like I've said all I will say in my book, and that is it. So wow. Says, well, in that case, Neil, you're not coming on Rugby Dungeon, and therefore <laughs> I didn't have him. Um, so he was talking to me. He said I drove an hour there on my own to be like the second choice scrum half, which is miserable. And that's basically what happens when you chase the cash because you do end up being, being miserable. I think the way you build a quote-unquote culture is if you've got students in, so we have quite a lot of students or people just coming in, coming into the workforce of that age, it's just a case of making sure all your senior players look after them, buy, mm. buy them drinks. It's just such really simple things. And you set that example, then everyone else follows that example, and you just create a nice club culture. That's why they come here. They don't come here because... You give them fi- like fifty quid a week. Now, if I did have the ability to give everyone fifty quid a week, I still wouldn't do it. I might put it behind the bar. Put it in the kitchen. Exactly, yeah. that's
1: exactly what I was going to say. Um, yeah. that, that I know clubs locally. I know clubs that mates have played for, and they get really good food after training. Yeah, they get a nice curry after
0: training. Yeah, or yeah,
1: stuff like that. Uh, that's 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 what newbie did before the drive back to Bath. Um, we get a good a good feed in us, and that and. No, I didn't really think about the 25 quid. It was like, good training session, good feed, good chat with
0: the lads, off we go. Yeah, bit of fun yeah. as well, bit now, of social side.
2: I have a question for you, right? Which way is the more moral way to exit the National Leagues? Is it the oral way, which is, look, we're shutting up shop, see you at level nine, or is it the Manchester way to take your medicine and just go on? the Oh, that, that
1: Manchester story was, I mean, so, I, I admit... I, I, I basically had kids by that point, and I took the opportunity to go. See ya. Yeah. 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 I am going to duck out at this point, so I, I didn't have the bottle for it. But the lads who stuck at Manchester yeah. Rugby Club and got pumped a hundred nil every Amazing.
0: game. So I, I played. So I played against them in the year, and it was that year that we uh, finished against Newbury um, at the end of the season. Played against them in, in the league twice that year, and then twice the following year, which was the year that everything had fallen apart. Um, they had no players. They had third-team players playing in uh, was what, what was what was National 1 at the time, which mm. was Tier 3. And they got pumped. And it was. It was 100-0. It was every single week. For those lads to turn up for, uh, whatever it was, 26, 28 games that season... Not forfeit a single game. And those games were... Those games, you're going down to Red Roof, you're going to Lawson, you're going to Bladen, Tyndale. There's probably four or five London fixtures. It was... It's an absolutely brutal schedule. Every every other weekend, you are on the road from 7am through to 10pm... At least. The whole time, knowing
1: you're going to get knowing absolutely you're get
0: spanked. And, uh, yeah. What really, Fair um, play to those lads. Seriously.
2: So I bumped into that old captain in town. Danny. Uh, he, Danny he's a someone. fly-off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Danny, yeah. I can't remember his name. And
2: he is one of the guys that did this. I was like, that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I wouldn't do it myself. Or oh, would I? Maybe I would. I don't know. And I don't know how, as a coach, you go about building a team. Because after 100 nil, I mean, they're not bad players. They're just not at the level that they used to be. Yeah,
0: there is a, a huge mismatch between their their ability and the, the level they're playing at. Yeah. It was largely second they, teamers and Colts. So yeah, second teamers and third teamers. But third what teamers, I'll never yeah. get
2: over is right until the end, right until they got to the level where they can be competitive again, they were still trying to pay, like pay their way out of this problem. We got two lads at Broughton Park who were previously at Manchester, and they were just sick of getting. Pumped by a hundred points, and they were still on the way down. And they turned out to be two of our best players. One mm. of them was absolute dynamite. And they were still paying him fifty pound fifty pound a week. I was like, "You're getting pumped by how much? A hundred you know, points every week? Stop paying." I didn't. Just I didn't. Stop.
0: I genuinely didn't know they were paying at that stage. I didn't. I, 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 yeah. did, I didn't think they were. I don't think they
2: were paying everyone. I don't think it was like it was uh, when Neil Briggs was there. They were they were paying something because that was kind of the carrots again him in. Which is yeah, look, we've got some money. Um, you know, we'll go and get you some players. Of course, they didn't exactly get any players and they just carried on fo- uh, falling down. But now they are on the way, way back up and I think you know, I was there the other week to watch, um, to watch a game and it's a really good club again. I was, exactly gonna,
1: I was going to say, I guess the broader point here is... I was with you. Yeah, yeah. We, we were there together, yeah. Um, I, I think the broader point is that these rugby clubs on a match day, again, because I was there and I haven't been to a, I haven't been to a, a, a local club uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to, to go around to Premiership grounds and stuff, but well, I haven't been to a local... Lo-
2: Northampton's local to Northampton, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but
1: I've, I've, an amateur club then. I've yeah. been to an amateur club on a Saturday for a long time, and it was great. I really loved it. And I th- I was thinking, I'd, if I wasn't working, and when I, have mo- when I have more time, and if things change, I'll, I'll do this. Yeah, it's great. Mm. I'm, I'm, ro- I'm well up for that.
0: mm
2: yeah, it is a great place to spend, spend a weekend, even just as a spectator. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the standard. I mean, this is what I mean by standard rugby. If you saw that standard, and um, some lads might get some pocket money, but I don't think I certainly know that Broughton Park do do, do not pop, uh, partake in that at that level. But the standard rugby that means him at that, that first team level was really really good. Mm-hmm. Like the stretch of Manchester played, you could look at that objectively and go. Okay, they spread the forwards across the field in say a one two 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 one or something. You know, you, you can everything was planned, every, everything looked good, and it's proper rugby. Now, the standard does increase as you go up, but you get something slightly different because you're paying for players. In terms of unpaid complete amateurs, I think level seven, level six, level seven, you might get one at level five. That, mm. That's kind of where it's at.
1: Say you what, a natural pour. Sorry, you were just about to say something. As you're saying it, Phil, why don't you get, a you open up your bag of tricks?
0: Oh, here we go. So it's Christmas. Come on, great interlude, Tim. Uh, so I've got four beers in increasing strengths. I've got two deepers, one teeper.
2: So a deeper is a double IPA. Yes, and a teeper is
0: a triple IPA. Okay, no uh,
2: keepers today. Uh, n- no, no keepers. Keepers even. Thank God.
0: And then I've got I do to work tomorrow. I do How have. Do I yeah, do but, have but up here from home yeah. a, an ultra pastry stout, which is the top end and sits. Well, let's at, start with that. Twelve point five percent. Wow. A, so ABV.
2: Drink in your glass. Okay.
0: You yeah, that was a nice little warm up.
2: Well, that milkshake stout
0: was all right.
1: I'll let you off the left hand. the no left hand drinking there. For
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're
1: very
0: kind.
2: Did, did you just point? Sorry, <laughs> we're no, breaking all the rules. Oh my god.
0: Okay, right. Uh, sommelier over here. So this is this is um, Amundsen, which is a Norwegian uh, brewery, which is one of my absolute favourite breweries. They are superb. Really? They do um, specifically they do they do their fair share of um, New England IPAs and DDH IPAs and deepers.
2: I haven't drunk but, I have drunk many stouts to be honest,
0: but. So, I'm getting into my big stouts. They do. What's a
2: big stout? You've said big stout a few times. i said big
0: stout a lot. Well, just something like this that's like over 8%. Meaty. Yeah, yeah. well, meaties, mm-hmm. meaty is an interesting thing because a lot of the big stouts have kind of um, almost like dessert, sweet type yes, notes. Yes, they do. But the best ones that I, I've found, and Amundsen's um, really hit this well, Ugh. is they combine that. Sweetness with almost like a meatiness, savoury texture.
2: That is absolutely wonderful.
0: They are remarkable, th- like really. Oh, I've,
2: have you got the beer that you've been promising me for years? Uh,
0: we've got two beers yes. by the that's, brewery.
2: That's really nice. Yeah. So this like is, a, vani- is that vanilla. So this is my mm. point. This is my point. It shouldn't taste like this, right? Mm. It, your alcohol shouldn't taste like sweets, and your sweets shouldn't shouldn't taste like alcohol. Like right? everything sort of reverts back to the mm. mean.
0: So this is a, a sticky toffee. Cinnabon Ultra Pastry Stout. Really like that. Sitting at 12.5%. So this can is I, I five like, and a half units. I
1: like having a third of a, of a can. Yeah.
0: That, I'll say that. That's plenty.
2: So we went to um, the water... Well, which is the brewery we went to the other day? You've probably been there, Tim. The one in the... Oh,
0: uh, Cloudwater. Cloudwater. So Cloudwater do some brilliant... Good Manchester brewery do some brilliant beers.
2: Where, where are they? They are in Piccadilly. Okay. So uh, yeah, uh, p-
0: between Piccadilly and Ancoats. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: now, first time I went, I quite enjoyed it. The second time I went, I don't know about you. It, the whole thing was like the it's ap- antiseptic, wasn't it? Everything is yep. white. Oh, is it on the quiet. is it on the arches?
0: No, no, it's not it's the one not... on the arches
1: where all the prostitutes hang out. It's yes, like, <laughs> it is. it's, no, it's,
0: it's opposite it's, there. It's, well, so you, you go under the, the railway bridge. You head yeah. head east out of uh, Piccadilly as if you're heading towards. I don't know, Man City, I guess. I could just look it up. I was just
1: thinking how boring this is. who yeah, hasn't got a clue.
0: Yeah, you go under, and then yeah. there is a little unit. But Cloudwater is a soup. It's a sensational brewery. They do some amazing beers. The place was awful. It was horrible atmosphere. I went the
2: first time. But the second time was. I,
0: I've been before in the summer. So, Bouncing atmosphere.
2: So the last thing about Cloudwater, they did have the record. It was in the Times for the most expensive recorded pint served in the UK. Which is one of the triple IPAs, I think, and it was in Borough Market in L- in London, which doesn't surprise me that much. How much? It wasn't that much actually. It's like, I think it was like eleven quid. Now, to me, that feels like it well, feels like you yeah, in Twickenham.
0: Well, j- this can was probably not far off. That yeah, I, I can imagine. I can imagine <laughs> one can kind of this. They're probably Sturgeon not will, quite that
2: much. Nicholas Sturgeon will have a field day, day with that. With her, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, other clubs. Right, so, okay, so I've, I've, got, I've got another question oh. of you. Oh, oh, no, no, sorry, well, Phil, well, no Phil's well.
0: about to say something before I yeah. got him to get the beer. Uh, I can't remember what I was going to say, but other clubs. So, Oral are another club, and I mentioned Oral before in relation to old Ethalmians. Um, probably saying that wrong. Wow. But we've said it wrong enough times yeah. in lots of different directions. Yeah. But Oral, I think is most similar to old Ethalmians, because of the the money just all of a sudden being plugged. No. Now, in the old Thalmians case, it's obviously tragedy, which has led to the situation that they found themselves in and currently still find themselves in. Oral, it's a little neglect. bit more... Yeah, it's like a combination of neglected. I still don't know the full story. I, I played with several lads who played Oral Do as it, it fell who does apart. know well, the full story.
2: Chris Bentley. Chris Bentley knows the full story. Well,
1: the, well, well partly the full story of Oral is that Pre-professionalism, they were one of the top clubs. Dowie Morris um, was England's scrum half and playing for Oral. Yeah, yeah. He, he went on to work for Sky Sports, of course, on their rugby coverage. And now works for um, uh, Someone. America American commentary, I think. Were they? Really? I think so. But anyway, Dowie Morris was a player there. So Oral were, just happened to be, at the top table, one of the best clubs mm. at the time that professionalism came in. And it is not the right model for them.
2: Yeah, now, well, well, cause same with West Hartniple.
0: Well, Oral, but there's two things that play at Oral, because they were one of the top clubs, and then I think they had a little blip, and then Dave Whelan, JJB Sports, ah. who also invested in Wigan Warriors and also Wigan Athletic.
2: Is he dead now?
0: I uh, don't know, wouldn't like to say.
2: I don't know, if you, let me look him up. Yeah. Um, okay, sure. yeah. You, you, you can't
0: but he stepped in... And pumped money into them for a very short period of time, like two or three years, and then it basically the tap. I, and I don't know the history. I don't know the story. I'd love to have a chat with uh, Bentos about it. But then the taps got turned off, and everything just fell apart. Everything crashed and burned.
1: And they couldn't keep a team going. Age and they had 85. to go back into the bottom.
2: He's still alive. Still alive. Right. Well, uh, he's a k- king of the town in Wigan. Do you know the story behind Dave, Dave Whelan? Uh, JJB Sports. He, yeah, he's, well, he's a professional footballer first. Was he? Yeah, he played fullback for Blackburn, and I think he played for Crew Alexander. And I know that because I used to have a Blackburn season ticket. I don't actually own the thing, but it was in my name because I was a minor at the time, and my friend used to like to sell Blackburn season tickets to other people. So he, he had me, my brother, my sister, no, me, my two brothers, and my sister all had season tickets. <laughs> so you this never... was
0: this was the mid nineties, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Sutton Shearer years. A bit. Yes, after yes. That, um, okay.
2: No, no, it was more like uh, Colin Hendry and his lovely blonde locks. York yeah. Cole, but just a tiny bit before that. York no, Cole. York Cole was United. Uh, what? York Cole was Blackburn, my friend. What? York Cole was Black... What?
1: What? York and Cole played York Blackburn. York and Cole were what? European champions. Championship oh, winning yeah, when they Man were, United. When they
2: were good, they were, sure. But later on, York and Cole both... both York and Cole both, both played at Blackburn. went together. to Blackburn. What, how do you not know this? I don't know da- this. Uh, it Damien Duff, David Byrne.
0: I, I know, yeah, I know those two. Um, yeah. Who it, else was there?
1: It, well, because like, Graham uh, Leso, uh, Graham was, was, was in the championship winning team with Colin Hendry.
0: Yeah, and, and Graham uh, Leso was in that mid nineteen ninety five. I, you know I uh, want to say Mike Newell. A,
2: uh, and then, yeah, Gam, okay. Gamsmore. not Mike Newell. Gamsmore Pedersen. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he, he did at, did, did Cole and Emerson? York
0: both go to?
2: Yeah, both both are there at the same time. Did they not know together. that. Um, who was the other one? Mark was York at Blackburn
1: when he had his thing with Katie Price?
2: question. I don't know was that that United I I remember songs I can't remember (laughs) (laughs) so my my treat for uh, by the way my friend is only like one year older than me right but he basically ran this racket of taking like you know all of these uh, season tickets from kids and giving them to adults and then taking the bus up to Blackburn and then getting you know that that, that was like his thing so for giving him my name details for the Blackburn season ticket um, I got to go to like one home game yeah, it's reasonably reasonably good fun. But that's how I know about D- D- Dave Whelan. Yes, okay. So then Dave Whelan got a leg injury which, you know, made sure that he couldn't play anymore and set up JJB. But if you read his book, it's like it's a really weird story about how he met his dad. So he would never met his dad because of the war. And then he actually met his dad on the bus. His dad was returning home on a bus. He randomly sits next to his dad, starts talking to him, and then works out that it is his dad when they both get off the, get, get, get off the bus. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. I, I read another
1: uh, chapter in uh, that Dave Whelan book about the demise of Oral Rugby Club, and he said, the Thing is, I had to turn the tap off because there was a racket going for season tickets. Really? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a, that, uh, I'm getting a little licorice hint out of that as well. Oh, it's the, these big stouts are incredibly complex. Do, 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 you remember, do you remember a guy called Mike, Mike Anderson? Matt, Matt, Yanson, Yanson.
2: Yeah. Matt Anderson? Matt Janssen, yeah. Matt Janssen was like the future of, of English rugby, of English football. Yeah. Uh, and then fell off a moped in... Um,
0: like David David Duff was the future of England.
2: David Dunn
0: was David the future. Dunne. Yeah, David Duff, sorry. Dave. Damien Duff was the future of I, Irish football. They were both good players. Wasn't he Philly, went he to wasn't... Chelsea and, uh, during the Mourinho yeah. time, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, wasn't Phil yeah. Jones originally from... Yeah, that was a long Black time gun. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, long, that's long time afterwards. Oh God, he's probably only in the early thirties now.
2: Yeah, I, I started watch. I didn't watch. I was never a fan, but you know, when when a go, it was Colin York, and then it ended up with Paul Deckoff. I was like, I was not interested in this at all, <laughs> at all.
1: Oh, you can't say that in Manchester. He's he's a City hero, is he? Yeah, because some of my um, some of my dad's side of the family uh, from Kent, and they're, 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 they 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 used to watch Gillingham every week. And Gillingham versus City is one of... like You ask a City fan about City versus Gillingham. Why would that be a thing? Playoff. The League 2 playoff final. This That's how bad City got. Or was it League 1? Yeah. Whatever it was. Playoff final. Gillingham 2-0 up. And City managed to come back and, and win it. Paul Dickoff scored, scored the goal. He's, what a, a he's, a, he's a legend. Yeah, you, you can have all your... You can have all your legends I've had since, all these massive names, but Paul Dickoff is a is a big deal in Manchester.
2: Well, I did not know that. But yeah. that's awesome to know. Um, right, so here is my question. Okay. What are the best ways to structure your club? So I've had lots of thoughts on this. Is it the Plymouth Albion way? Plymouth Albion have a squad of 30. No second team, no nothing. And it's basically they go up or they go down or they do well or or, or they don't. And that's it. They're, uh, they, they're not
1: an amateur entity in any way.
2: The Well, when you say not... Amateur, they're all semi-pro. They're all paid. Yeah, but they have no yeah, they're second team. They are no second team whatsoever. They're
0: not playing in the league okay. structure outside of their first team okay. playing at yeah. League One. Which or I suppose is how Premiership
1: month. clubs operate. Yeah, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Than,
0: yeah the, the difference being Premiership clubs have an A team or an under eighteen. Of course, or, yeah. But yeah. yeah, other than that, yes. Premiership and model. The
2: reason I ask is that the right way to do it because if you're gonna there is this weird dividing clubs where you've got the first team and they're doing their thing and they're getting paid 50 quid a week or 100 quid a week or, you know, in the case of some people that played uh, Vale of Loom, when I played it, some £400 a game um, <laughs> and we beat them.
0: There's, there's some, <laughs> there's some ludicrous, ludicrous stories. Player of... coaches or,
2: or yeah, anyway, enough of that. Yeah. Um, and there's a huge disconnect between the second team players. So when the Manchester second team players had to come up, well, first of all, there might not have been many. Because they're so annoyed with what's going on at the top of the club, because they'll never get in. Because if you're paying, if I'm paying you fifty quid a week, I'm not paying Tim anything. Who, who am I going to start? Same dynamics apply to amateur rugby as it do professional, which is money, money, uh, plays, mm. and you just can and you can just never really stop that. So, I just, remember,
0: just on that point, because I think it's, it's very interesting, we'll continue on this. But I was thinking about that money plays thing the other day, and we got news today that Stuart Hogg is. Certainly staying? going to yeah staying at least beyond this season. Um, Baxter doesn't abide by that strategy of money plays. I think because uh, Hog yeah a Hogg lot of people would have assumed Joe, he'd be Joe, one to go. Yeah, and Joe Simmons. Yeah,
2: I think there's more at play
0: here. I I'm sure. Well, there may well be, but you have got two good examples of. So Joe Simmons will undoubtedly be earning more than Harvey Skinner and Stuart Hogg will be, well, he's their, he's mar- top earner. He's their marquee player. Yeah. He, was, he is their top earner. Therefore, those two should always play every game, every yeah. single time. And Baxter has dropped both of them for big games on and multiple I, occasions.
1: And I think, I read into that, if what, I didn't know that the, the Hog continuing has been confirmed, but, um, mm. that's, well, that's great news for Exeter. But I... I I'm cl- not sure cl- it is. Well, cl- well... Clearly, I think that is the case, that Rob Baxter looks at players objectively in training, sees past the money that's on their yeah. PAYE slip and picks on merit. Which, that's that's which, my read. To, yeah. your, to your point, yeah, that's if you are going to operate um, with money involved, you have to have that objective coldness that Rob Baxter clearly has.
2: Yeah, I think you're right, because you need to work out what, you know, the player in front of you, is he the best player to play on the weekend? And yeah. If you, if you can't have that object- objectivity, you're in the wrong job.
0: And and it gives you a short-term benefit, which is exactly that, but it gives you a bigger long-term benefit, which is, well, where is my value for next season? Yeah. Which is a much bigger long-term benefit.
2: yeah. Anyway, enough about uh, yes. Lad, sorry, well, well, no, back okay. to your point. the
0: yeah. money balling of rugby. I'd
1: I'd love to talk about on a different podcast another time. Like again with the new constraints of the salary cap, how you how you money ball your way to a premiership or a European, well, European Championship or just, whatever. Ask,
2: just ask whoever is in charge of Leicester Tigers recruitment at the moment.
0: Yeah, pre- premiership is going to be one thing, European is another thing because English teams have done well over the last few years, partly by Saracens but also Exeter. Incredible, so the sure, Premiership sure teams have won what four out of the last six, something like that mm.
2: uh,
0: when they win their next European title will be a very interesting question because I think there could be a few barren years
2: so I, I was thinking about this today actually uh, as having a real deep think about the, you know structures of European rugby and like how we want how we want it to be, and I really don 't agree that we should have like an overall... you, you, you hear these rumblings don 't you about. We should have an Anglo-Welsh league or we should have this league or we should mm. combine them all. And I think we should. I have now come to the conclusion that I like the top 14 as it is. I like the premiership as it is. I don't like love the URC. In fact, I hate the URC as a product. UFC. The UFC. But I tell you what, I like their teams. I like their teams. I love them when they show up to Europe and you know, batter Exeter or put you know, 40 points on Bath. Or well, we way. can
1: link this in with the conversation we're having right now because I think I really enjoyed going to a a local amateur rugby club on a saturday when there was a a local grudge match on yeah it was great
2: yes and that's what rugby's about isn't and it that's is what rugby's match.
1: about which is why i don't want to um, mess mess with the premiership and the english rugby structure too much because these these relationships between clubs go back well i'm i'm going to be at bath v gloucester on Whoa, sunday spicy and that goes back I mean, generations. Generations. Father yeah. will have taken son who will have been taken there by grandfather and great-grandfather. That, that's.
2: Although, do you find it weird how many players have played for both Bath and Gloucester?
1: Yeah, it's oh. quite a few, isn't
2: there? Ollie Barkley, Mike Tindall. I mean, Mike Tindall was like, at Bath, great. Didn't they, I'm sure they carried him off. On, no.
0: Banners. Carried, ba- yeah, Bannerhand.
2: Banners, yeah. They carried... Oh, Mike, no, Mike Catter was they carried off. Dave Atwood. Did he do yeah. both as well? Yeah.
1: He did the hat trick. He's, done the, he's done the hat trick. He just needs to go to Exeter and then he's got all four.
2: In, wow (laughs) yeah for uh, a grudge match they're not they're not afraid of sharing players Um, what's the other lad called Uh, young academy lad came in through the Gloucester Academy Cipriani Uh, Hastings (laughs) Cipriani Hastings is Cipriani I tell you what ask Bath
0: Hastings yeah God
2: ask Bath who would you rather have Hastings or Cipriani
0: (laughs) (laughs) now Uh, I mean that's that's Uh, crazy Joe Simpson now as well yeah Right. Joe Simpson's at Bath.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to say... Is he? Oh yeah, of course, on a loan, is he? Yeah, yeah.
0: after a one-month loan to Sarah, there's, yeah. something, there's some salary cap business going on there that I want no part of, yeah. but it's <laughs> going on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, wow. But, but the point being, that actually, and going back to returning to local rugby, I actually do agree with something you have said for years and years and years, which is regionalise, localise yeah. rugby. And the, yeah, m- money, a, below, money, yeah, below a certain level, but money can still be involved to some degree. I personally would advocate it not being the case, but if a if a rich benefactor like old Altamian's, uh Paul, Mr. Paulson, the late Mr. Paulson, wants wants to invest his money, that's fine. However, there's just something special about the local rivalries and build those is. up, and yeah, that will that will make your local clubhouse. a S- somewhere, a destination
0: on a Saturday. So, and if if you, sorry, just just on that point, because I think the the no money is a is a noble ambition, but if you take money out entirely, you lose the opportunity to have an exeter story, or the Trail trailfinders mm-hmm. could be the next exeter. Oh. Uh, m- maybe not, but you you've got it. It's got to get brought in at some stage. Yeah. I what that stage no problem is.
2: with individuals be- wasting their children's inher- inheritance. If, mm. they want, if they want to play, if they want to pay a friend of mine, God knows how much, to, to play rugby, feel free. All I'd say is, as someone involved in rugby, I would never, ever pay, pay, uh, pay for players. I might pay for a coach. That said, I've been approached...
1: Pay for a coach, pay for facilities, pay yeah. for food after
2: training, pay for culture. But as it happens, like... We've got two of the best coaches in the league, so we don't need a coach. Um,
0: the best coach, best coach in the entirety of the
2: league structure. I would probably say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably with that. Um, I, I've been, um, I've actually been approached by people who who will say to me, uh, some some pro player, actual pro players, like, yeah, if you find enough budget, I'll come and coach your team. I'm like, no, if you want to be part part of <laughs> our team, you'll play. You you will pay your subs just like everybody else because that's what we do. Um, what's next Phil so yeah I would just oh yes please
0: so we've got this is this is my favourite brewery is so, this is the one so you've been promising me for this years? is the one I've been promising you so this is it's not the specific beer I've been promising you because weirdly after I mentioned that on the podcast about three or four months ago it totally it totally sold out the following week
1: um, so like rugby, jour- rugby journal breweries we need to start getting paid for this
0: influence so they, this this is this is Overtone Brewing Company. It is a teeper. Now Overtone, o- ooh.
2: oh Christ!
0: Overtone are uh, based in Glasgow. They are a an absolutely sensational, sensational brewery. They really, really know their stuff. I
1: need to send them a clip of this particular bit of the podcast.
0: Yeah. Oh God! So I've go.
2: got a family around at the moment. They're, they're upstairs chatting away. And my uh, brother-in-law is um, is around. I had to explain to him how I drink beer. Which is, I, I don't drink, basically. I don't drink for 98% of the time. So I will never have a beer at home on, on, on my own. I'll never have a beer with dinner. I won't, you know, just won't. I, I won't if you offer me a single beer with dinner, I'd rather have a di- Diet Coke. If you offer me 20 beers, I'll go, yeah. Okay, I, 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 can, see why, I, I can see where you're going. But I, I can literally not drink for... Six months? Well, it's, it's,
0: it's the, it's the uh, Northern European, Southern European wet drinker, dry drinker. Yeah. So we are Northern... Have you heard this, Tim? No. I, I, I it's love, it's I love explaining this. So Southern Europeans, Mediterranean particularly, are wet drinkers. So they, most evenings actually, will have a couple of glasses of wine, a couple of beers with their evening meal just to relax, but not go crazy. Whereas Northern Europeans, particularly, uh, well, Scandinavia...
1: I was to say, further north you go, Iceland.
0: Yeah, y- Iceland, yeah. Scan- Scandinavia, Norway, Sweden. I've been to Norway and, wow. and Sweden multiple times. Um, they are very much like this. I've got some very good Norwegian friends who are very much like this. UK, Ireland, northern, well, Germany and Russia are dry drinkers, which means they cannot drink for two weeks and then have all of the alcohol that they should have drunk exactly if they've been drinking... Me. Two glasses of wine every single day over those two weeks in a six-hour window, and
2: that's what we are. Yeah, yeah I, During lockdown, didn't did not touch, it. Did not touch
1: it. it. I don't need to wait for this to settle. Then clearly, that's this is this is what it is. Oh, hazy the smell as you even take a sip. It's
0: hazy, it's hazy, hazy teeper.
1: Could we could we
2: could we have a little beer spin-off pod? No, I'll tell you why. <laughs> so I used to. So many calories in, in yeah, these. That, yeah, well, that for a start. Ooh, uh, that's it's weird, isn't it? It's
1: aggressive. Yeah, but it's not, it slides down, it doesn't, uh, like you, you know, quite often there's drinks that are that strong, and look like that, that cloudy, that you sort of, win, you win. it makes your
2: eye mm. twitch when you drink it. It's, it's, it's initially smooth, and then it gets very, so on the side of the tongue, very tight.
0: So it's good Good mouthfeel, it's yeah. hoppy, it's, yeah. pi- it's piney, it's highly pined, is this one. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty juicy, it, and I think one of my favourite descriptors of Craft uh, ale. this is dank, Dank. Dank. Which is... The only,
1: the only time I've heard the word dank is in, in relation to memes. Dank, mm. dank memes. Yeah, the know. dankest
0: and freshest memes.
2: Oh God. I not know. I'll tell you this, though. The reason I don't think we should do a beer spin-off ever is because I used to watch this YouTube series of a man doing up a wooden boat. I loved it. But towards... Like, when he got bigger... Towards the end, he used to do like a beer section. I was like, I don't care what you think about beer. I only care about what you think about boats. No, but
1: if but he clearly did the beer section within the boat video, which is like no, no, no. If he just did an exclusive beer. Oh, then but then he do like
2: no. Then he started doing exclusive beer sections. I I do not give a what your qualifications. What your yeah? No, no. We'll 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 sit to rugby and occasionally have a beer whilst talking about it. Yes, I'm I'm up for that. Yeah. So I think.
1: And the- I'd, I'd much, I much prefer this, where we do a podcast uh, as we're starting the beers rather than as we tried <laughs> a couple of times, like for example in, uh, well, New, York. in New York on that rooftop, and yeah. when JB dialed in from a stag do when we're many, many beers God, deep got, before we begin.
2: I got an aggressive email. About that. Just, just stay off the microphone, JB. No, it's my podcast. I'll do it. <laughs> the, exactly what? The don't, don't drink a mic? Is that what they were yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. Do we need to. Know? Oh, you misogynist, shut up.
0: The New York one was the most ridiculous. Yeah, that it, was, it's still in our feed. We haven't deleted that, have we? Because that was be really. So we went for. That was day three. So we've been boozing on the Friday, boozing all day on the Saturday. On the Saturday, we watched England Wales at the pub with the Bayon Bombers. Oh, and then we went. Great day. Then well, we went Saracen's to. Saracens Irish. Saracens London Irish. And then we're out partying on Long Island. Long Island. Yeah. Do you know, R- ridiculously. And then we came back on the Sunday and we had booked um, an all you can drink uh, brunch.
2: That was all, aw- Which a- was very special.
0: Awesome with mimosas and bloody Marys. That was outstanding. So
2: I can tell you right now, the last thing I wanted to do in the world was leave that pub with Six Nations on and go to Red Bull Stadium to watch. Yeah. London. It's like the last thing on earth. I was so settled there. I don't, my, I don't know, God knows how many pints of Guinness. And um, it, was, it was two, really different, like 11 two a. different
1: pubs for the different games, because there was an early game, we were in one pub, then we went to... What? We, we were in New York for the first... We no, were in, uh, we yeah weren't. we were we went to two different places we went to a different pub for the second game No I'm sure we went to at least two places and in in, England, in, Wales in Jersey The like, yeah, England,
0: England Wales kicked off at like 11am didn't it yeah, There we, was
1: an there was an 8am one wasn't there there, was an there, 8 but,
0: there probably was There was a 9am yeah. and an 11am What was that, what was,
1: that? What was that one We went to several pubs in New Jersey The Bayon Bombers just took us around
0: They hooked us up Huh. But then we had to depart at, yeah. like, one yeah. o'clock.
2: God, I was miserable going... I mean, it wasn't that miserable. But
0: anyway, the, yeah, the, the following day. It was absolutely no No, no was it...
2: When did we do... When
1: did we squeeze the podcast in? So, so they, it
0: was the Sunday at about 7pm. Six, 6 or pm After 7 a boozy brunch. After an all-you-could-drink all brunch. We and, were,
1: like, not the way they do it in England, where they're stingy, as you like, but... No, they, yeah, were, 40 like, minutes.
0: So, they were so strong. As
1: soon yeah. as you'd... like, you'd, As soon as you got to about a quarter of your glass finished you'd look around and it had been filled up
0: they're, yeah. they're, they're just amazing and you, doing that you've got no idea how you, much you're drinking you've
2: got to remember as well how the sports work there so you've got your traditional time slots for their sports which are ace which go, cause, because you're on the east coast you've got all the west coast which go on through tonight but because we're British we also have an interest in say the Premier League yeah Premier League and was it, on it was hockey season as well so when we sat down Chelsea, Chelsea were playing Yeah, there's another EPL game and then it went, went on to hockey, so we watched Rangers versus... I'm to say Rangers versus um, Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm pretty sure we did. We got well into that. Uh, and it just goes on and on and on and on. I, I just can't think of anything I'd rather do on my Sunday. I,
1: oh. I actually called home at one... Uh, I just chatted to Kate at one point. And never I just, coming back. I just said... <laughs> I, I, I actually said... Well, yeah, I'd never come back. I also... I can admit this to you now. I actually said it was on day three. And it was before we started the boozy brunch. I said... I. I don't. I can't. I don't. I can't keep up with these boys. I don't. I, don't, I can't do this. But as always, a few mimosas.
0: Oh. Back. Back. So we we okay. need to sort that out for this year for 2022. Well, let's just see. Um... Two two things. Two things have got to happen in 2022: a tier oh. two tour for the uh, oh, Six yes. Nations, and then a. USA rugby trip.
2: Let's see if they play any rugby in Florida cuz I imagine that's the only state that I'm going to get into. <laughs> so um <laughs> we'll wait and see. Where do New Orleans play?
0: Uh New Orleans. New Orleans? I really want to go there. Uh, New Orleans would be cool. In Louisiana. The problem
2: is it's just the flight time. is it? Yeah flight time's just a little bit nine deep. hours uh, hey look we're talking um, about where we're going, on, going to go on holiday now so okay. um, I think we've done cl- uh, yeah uh, well
1: anyway so you've got a little flavour of what we do on the um, <laughs> I didn't know. we don't know where it's going to go yeah. you've got a little flavour of what we do on the Patreon podcast in addition to our regular podcast where we just talk about the games uh, the rugby week this is uh, just a little extra that we do where we well as you've just heard yep yeah. Do start this. in one place and no, meander our way along a little rugby river.
2: Nothing topical. Yes, and nothing yeah. planned. Nothing planned. Uh, last thing I'll say: if you've enjoyed this conversation and you you, know, you love your club rugby and you're at a loose end and you want to see some absolute top end rugby from amateurs, come on to Talk H and look on the calendar because sadly Talk H Witness, which would have been the best amateur rugby game. I reckon, in the country, on that, on that day, on the 18th of December, was cancelled due to our COVID situation. Let's not talk about that. Um, that will be replayed in, in, in the new year. So if you're at a loose end, come and watch out because it'll be brilliant.
1: Or go to your local rugby club and support them, including Old Elthamians, where this, or Elthamians, however the right way to say yeah, that is. either or. Where, where that began, because it looks like a cracking club. Mm. And uh, yeah, thank you. We are uh, patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Really appreciate your support. But understand that that's either not for everyone or you might not be in a position to support us in that way. And if that is the case, then you can just help out by hitting subscribe in your feed and by telling your mates.
2: Yeah, give us the greatest gift that Christmas can give, money on a monthly basis. (laughs) (laughs) Let the boys play.